0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all, the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dalbin.
2: And uh, hello and good morning, and uh, to many of you, a very happy new year. And Charlie isn't here. <laughs> oh man, I'm not kidding. Got uh, got a phone call from. Uh, I'm Frank Proctor, by the way, the sous chef for the garden. So the revolt has begun. I'm taking over the show. I'm moving right into the main chair, the master gardener's chair. And Charlie is on her way now. If you haven't looked outside yet, you got a surprise waiting for you. Lots of snow. And uh, David uh, is our producer, and he tells me that from the uh, last weather forecast, are they still issuing the one-centimeter report? <laughs> yes. I think somebody in the weather office has fallen asleep uh, because uh, there's more than one centimeter snow out there, I can tell you. And uh, things are very, uh, when I talk to Charlie, very slow going. So if you're heading out, please allow lots and lots of extra time. You're, you're going to need it. That, that is for sure. But until uh, Charlie gets here, if you want to give me a ring, if you want to, in fact, I might even appoint uh, the callers who call in and help me with uh, a a gardening question or a gardening tip, shall we say. If you can offer something uh, from a gardening standpoint, anything at all, you will be an honorary master gardener appointed by the sous chef, me, Frank Proctor. Absolutely. Now, while you line up uh, all those calls... David, yes. Uh, we're going, I'm just going to take a look at what's happening the rest of the day. You know, uh, a little over an hour, about an hour and a half ago, at 7.40, we hit our 10th anniversary. It's our 10th birthday today. It was, uh, actually, it was a Monday, January the 8th of 2001, at 7.40 a.m. The station went on the air. So we had been uh, broadcasting music and IDs for a few uh, weeks leading up to January 8th for testing on both the uh, previous 1250 frequency as well as the new AM740. But that morning we became full-time, full-service broadcasting. And uh, we're absolutely delighted to say hi to a lot of the gang who are still with us today. <clears throat> From those early days, folks like Norm Edwards, Brian Peroff, Dennis Snowden, Frankie Benson, Michael Englebert, uh, George Janescu, I think we got Bob Shepard, <clears throat> pardon me, and Paul Stringer, uh, one of the best creative writers I have ever, ever had the pleasure of working with, Murray Siegel, and our own Gene Stevens. And as I speak, you didn't even give me a chance to, I wanted to go on the air with with all sorts of special guests, but no, she slid in here, literally. Mm. <laughs> that is rough going out there, huh? I'm
3: like panting.
2: <laughs>
3: From whipping the dogs, yeah. you know? Like I had to get my dog sled out to get here.
2: Well, I was just just going, uh, using the time uh, very productively because we have a huge day lined up. Uh, no uh, kidding. Oh, it's a very uh, special
3: day yeah, for the it, station.
2: Yes, absolutely. I just mentioned, actually, we missed it, the actual anniversary itself at 7.40 this morning. But uh, in honor of our tenth birthday, we're all really excited about it because uh, starting at twelve, uh, pardon me, eleven o'clock, we're going to have uh, the ten uh, top uh, hits of Elvis Presley from eleven to one, uh, noon. And strangely enough, of course, it's his birthday today. And it would have been seventy-five. Was nineteen thirty-five anyway? What does that mean? Seventy-six, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A- and uh, then at noon, uh, the top ten of the Beatles. We're going to uh, deal from one to two, top ten hits of Nat King Cole, and the top ten hits of uh, Neil Diamond from two to three. And uh, (laughs) you, while I'm I'm yanking here, (laughs) Charlie is trying to adjust her chair. It's going up and down. (laughs) Um,
3: Good morning, Frank.
2: Hi, Charlie. How's it going? Good. Happy
3: New Year. Merry Christmas. Thank
2: you. You've had a good one? We
3: haven't seen each other in a few weeks. That's right.
2: A couple of weeks. And uh, I I guess, I don't know whether you haven't heard uh, the greatest little story going around in the Proctor household. No, well, what's that? Uh, my soon to be four-year-old granddaughter, Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, was in their apartment, uh, she was in the living room, and my son, uh, Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, he was in the kitchen doing some dishes, that's sort of thing. All of a sudden, he hears, emanating from the other room, Jesus, we're going to have sushi. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? So the language police in him yeah. pff, just nipped around the to nip this in the bud, you know. Yeah. And there she is, looking and talking to the nativity scene, to the little baby Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, we're going to have sushi. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> gave, gave him a mini heart attack. Yes, yes. But,
3: he had to bite his tongue and that, not exactly. yell at her.
2: Yeah, that's going to go down on the annals. That'll be one that we'll have to bring, bring up every Christmas when... She's yeah. about eighteen, she'll be so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how did, how did you enjoy your, your Christmas? I
3: did. Um I had a good Christmas. We yeah. had uh didn't go very very far uh-huh. but uh certainly had some uh, some good times. Family, yummy food, uh um yep. yeah. Just, you know, I the usual. Gained little, I gained
2: a little pound or two. Oh, a little they, uh, pound or two is uh, right.
3: Yes, My goodness. Yes.
2: Look oh, out for that. You know what i better do is give it the phone numbers here. I
3: wondered if perhaps you had well, or hadn't.
2: <laughs> no, not as yet. Uh, I was tap dancing.
3: Uh, I, <laughs> you vamp, do a fine job. Vamp
2: till ready, uh, said David, <laughs> our producer. Okay, number here in Toronto, 416 And, of course, toll-free... Anywhere in the province, one 740 4740 There you go.
3: All right. And now, I guess just before we go to a, a commercial break, I want to mention yeah. Sierra Cell. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, you know, our mm-hmm. regular listeners have heard me mention in the past. It is a mineral nutrient, sorry, mineral supplement that is taken on a daily basis mm-hmm. to help keep people active. <clears throat> Which is why I'm here now. I just <laughs> raced up those stairs <laughs> so fast. And I actually did begin taking Sierra myself after recommending it to so many people and hearing so many good stories. Mm-hmm my knees have been driving me crazy um i think it's that sitting at the computer for too many oh, hours yeah, yeah, and then you get up and it's like oh like up and down the stairs yeah, it's yeah. really hurting and i've been trying to be a little more active you know yeah. walking and running and stuff and boy the knees yeah. just weren't holding up <laughs> so i started taking yeah. sierra Sil, and i'm on i think day four now of my it's, the, the trick with sierra Sil is they, they guarantee 14 days you will mm. feel a difference mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. don't then no problem, money back guaranteed. Right. But if you do feel a difference, then it's worth continuing to take.
2: I've changed my my mode of operation when it comes to taking a Sierra I now do it in the morning. For oh. some reason, I have a I have better yeah. memory to uh, to go to the little uh, bottle of uh, my pills and yep. Sierra Cell.
3: Excellent. Well, so. for, if anybody wants more information, frankly, I'm per, I'm so far a huge <laughs> supporter of Sierra Sil. <laughs> Frank's trying to choke oh, I've on something. i got cold. <laughs>
2: oh, I'll step up for a minute.
3: All right, and I will just say, Sierra Sil. You can contact them very easily by phoning them at one eight seven seven joint fourteen, or check them on the web. So it's S I E R R A S I L dot C A.
1: Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And uh, your are sous chef of the garden who is madly sucking away the cough lozenge. You, know, you get a little yeah. tickly uh, throat. Oh, that's what I've got.
1: I get frogs normally.
2: Wow. Well.
3: Frogs in my throat. I love that that concept.
2: <laughs> when they first start out, of tad yes. uh, well, and they the tadpoles. when they get knows?
3: bigger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, let me let me uh, air the numbers once again. We'd like you to call if you have a question for Charlie Dobbin. It is four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Toronto and anywhere else in the province. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. So you've got some announcements going there. Haven't you?
3: I do. We're back into the Hort Society yeah. activity, but just before I get to my announcements, um, I. A couple of good email came in a good yeah. question and this is from a listener named Susan Carter in Collingwood. Mm-hmm. So remember all that snow that fell before Christmas and uh, of course we we're talking about how in southern Ontario we don't really trust the snow because yeah. it can melt overnight which mm-hmm. it did mm-hmm. as you may recall yes. on New Year's Day when it rained for hours. Well uh, but at the time we were talking to somebody from Collingwood and we were saying oh yeah but Collingwood's good they, they're mm-hmm. steady they always have snow. Well, Susan wrote to say, you know, Happy New Year to Frank and, and myself and hope Christmas was great. As you know, here in Collingwood, we got snow so early and so much. Charlie, you mentioned to another Collingwood caller to continue to shovel snow over the roses
0: mm-hmm.
3: because that caller hadn't had a chance to put soil and hill the roses. And I said, oh, you know what? You got lots of snow. Just keep, keep the snow on top. So Susan writes, Today is New Year's Day and it is raining, so it rained oh, in Collingwood lovely. as well. Most of the snow has gone. Now, I heard from somebody who was up there, mm-hmm. they went from four feet of snow to one foot of snow kind of in 24 hours, wow, so, poor lo- skiers, eh?
2: Well, not only that, but what about basements? Uh, That's, any flooding going on? I d-
3: I'm not sure, but it's yeah. certainly, this is, of course, more P- to do with the, the whole idea of the garden and, and the mm-hmm. poor roses getting uncovered. So, Susan says most of the snow is gone and the roses are beginning to show what should we do now and when should it be done. Uh, And then she mentions that she listens to the radio in the kitchen, and she turns her television to channel 949. There you go. So she's good all over the house (laughs) to catch the show. So I'm sure she's listening. Hi, Susan. Thanks for your question. Great question. Because I was wrong. Obviously, the snow didn't hold in Collingwood (laughs) the way we think it might. Now, of course, today, I bet you, if it's doing in Collingwood what it's doing here, you're good. You'll be fine. But in the meantime, if if the roses were exposed, and then we had some cold weather. That's the Mm -hmm. hard thing, right? No snow, cold weather. The garden plants really suffer. It's just too extreme on on the, the actual, you know dormant plant but mm-hmm. you know it's extreme so here's a couple of suggestions one is obviously if it's snowing just keep piling the snow right. on the roses the other thing is we're all taking our christmas trees down now if we haven't already taken them down we'll be taking them down the next 24 hours, I would think. If you have a live tree, don't hesitate to cut branches off of your Christmas tree and use those branches to lay over, like stand up around your roses. That will help trap air, trap snow, Mm -hmm. and insulate not just roses, but any tender plants. Uh, You know, rhododendrons are famous for, for, you know, the the wind and the sun Mm -hmm. really doing damage to them. So use those Christmas tree boughs. You know, Chop your tree up into pieces. Use the boughs to protect the garden plants if we're not confident that there's going to be snow. That's a good idea. Yeah. Now, if all the snow really melted again, hard to imagine, but if it really <laughs> did start to rain again and it started, then <clears throat> I would go to my local... Uh, whatever, building center, um, you know, Canadian Tire type store, yeah. and try and get a hold of some soil or some peat moss. At this time of year, the peat moss will be thawed because it is packed dry. You can always still pile that over top of any tender plants. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that we are talking about tender roses here. Because remember, hardy roses, we don't worry about. They're fine. They're tough. They,
2: they can take it. They're Canadian. They can take yeah. anything.
3: Exactly, They're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> They've been bred bred for Canadian, you know, life and, and winters. But uh, the tough thing is some of the tender ones. Uh, All right, now just a couple of quick, uh, get out your calendars, everybody, because here's some upcoming events, upcoming Hort Society meetings. Uh, Starting in ancient court, the Garden Club will be holding their annual general meeting on Monday, that's this Monday, Mm -hmm. eight o'clock in the evening. The location is, as usual, the Knox United Christian Education Centre, which is at 2575 Midland Avenue, which is Sheppard and Midland. The um, subject of the talk that evening will be Gardens of Southwest England. The speakers are Diane and Gary Westlake. Of course, this meeting is open to all. Parking at the back is free, and there's refreshments, so everyone is welcome. Come on down. Uh, Diane and Gary are an interesting couple. You know, you frank often talk about master gardeners oh well, yes diane and gary are both master gardeners from peterborough and they have a lovely big garden there and they garden together it's one Dang, of those nice they, stories yeah. where people you know do have the same their yeah. hobby together exactly it is, good. it is good so they they also speak together they're a real real nice couple so that's worth uh, checking out burlington of course is meeting the horticultural society <clears throat> general meeting is this wednesday 7 30 to 9 30 that's wednesday january 12th their speaker will be bruce mckenzie on the topic of a spring teaser hamilton's natural areas and flowers uh, which is pretty interesting that's all that natural and native discovering of your local environment their location is the senior center at 2285 new street uh this is that's right at drury lane um, the next, I have two more, Scarborough Garden and Hort Society on this coming Tuesday as well, January the 11th, 7.30 p.m. They will have a me- lecture on the wonderful world of herbs, if you're into herbs. Their meeting is at Scarborough Village Community Center, which is <clears throat> right down on Kingston Road. <clears throat> Excuse me, 3600 Kingston Road at Markham Road. Guests are welcome, refreshments are included, and they're a nice big group. They're a big Amazing, huge in Scarborough, right. in Scarborough, man. They've just got like 150 people show up for these meetings, and they're so full of energy. Like you try and speak to them, and they're constantly interrupting you <laughs> with questions. I mean, you just can't can't get a word out. They've always got you know, they're always jumping into your to your <laughs> speaking engagement. And our last one is real close here, local, the Riverdale Hort Society. They're um, meeting this Wednesday, January twelfth, seven o'clock. Their speaker is Larry Shirk, and we he speaks to them very consistently. He's a, a well-known. Uh, Garden forever in uh, urban Toronto, and he's speaking on inner city vegetable gardening, and he's been doing that for over 30 years. The meeting is in their regular location, Frankland Community Center, which is 816 Logan Avenue.
2: Well, those excitable folks in Scarborough uh, <laughs> m- might even uh, include Sam, who's on the line from Scarborough, calling in for a hello to Charlie and uh, yours truly, Frank Proctor, and welcome to the Garden Show. Sam, what's, got, what's up?
4: What's up? Good morning. Good morning. I have a couple of um, Amaryllis Mm belts. One is about four years old, the other is about two years old, and they've flowered up until this year. Um, I put them out in the garden in the summertime, bring them in in the fall, put them downstairs in the fruit cellar, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing, not a sign of uh, anything growing.
3: That's on either of them. Pardon? Uh, that's on the two bulbs. Neither of them are, are doing anything. Neither,
4: neither one is flowering this year. No sign of any leaves coming or anything. Oh,
3: Pardon? I was going to say not even leaves. That's unusual. So, uh, well, okay, so if you were, so did you take the bulbs out of the pots? No, you left them in their original pots?
4: Oh, I've left them in there, yes. Okay. The same pot. Mm-hmm.
3: When you brought them out of the cold cellar, you watered them once? Did you water them at all?
4: Uh, yes, I did. I gave them fertilizer, and then I gave them water.
3: Okay. And if you were to feel that bulb right now, just, you know, because now the bulb kind of sticks out of the top of the soil anyway, yep. would, it, would it feel firm or, and, it, and they're full? They're
4: both very firm, and they're both green.
3: The bulbs are green? Greenish color, Greenish yeah. color. And you've got them in some sunshine? Uh, yep. And how long ago did you take them out of the root cellar? How long?
4: Yeah. Oh, I probably put them in in October and took them out in uh, Probably late November or early December.
3: Okay, and when you put them in the root cellar, they were full of green growth, yes, obviously. They were. And so when you put them in the root cellar, it was dark, you stopped watering, all the green leaves shriveled up. All the green leaves disappeared. Right, so you just cut them off, yeah. forced yeah. the whole thing into dormancy. Now, it only stayed there for, the, the, the bulb stayed in the dormant state for, it sounds like, maybe a month. A month, I right?
4: think
3: is that what it sounds like about from november yeah, to december
4: probably a little more than a month so, okay. been, so five six I, you know i keep them in the living room
3: mm-hmm. okay yeah no and then you brought them out you know I, no, I understand yeah, that i yeah. just wondered how long they stayed in the root cellar it sounds like they were in, down there maybe five weeks
4: uh probably something like that yes yeah yeah oh. about
3: that okay so five i'm surprised weeks. you're not seeing anything even a little bit of a green Tip uh, just kind of poking out through the poking. center. No,
4: I I look for that, but uh, there's there's a nothing there hmm. at, at the, the moment anyhow. Okay. I just wondered if I should be changing the soil because it's the original soil in
3: there still. So. I mean, the one thing you could do is you could exactly you could take the mud of the pot. Uh, you could you know take off that old soil. Put on some fresh soil. Be very careful right now that you do not overwater these bulbs. Okay. <clears throat> it's very easy to rot the bulbs when they're not yet growing. Mm-hmm. If the soil is is moist and stays moist.
4: Well, the soil is moist now. I'm just I'm just uh, feeling the soil, and one of them here, and it is uh, it's moist, but it's not wet.
3: Not soggy. Okay, good. No. So that's the trick right now. Is I would just keep them in the in the sunniest spot. You can put them right up on a window ledge if if necessary. Yeah. Uh, and that warmth from the sun. When the sun shines and the brightness will will something's going to wake them up, and it will be the heat and the light will, that will cause that to happen. Once they start to grow a little bit, then you'll water again. Okay. But don't water until you see that. Oh, okay. okay. Um, I, I wouldn't try the re. I mean, g- I give them a couple more weeks. Call us if nothing happens in the next few weeks. Okay. Or I'll at that point, that. consider re. Like you said, maybe try a repotting. re-potting. Just to just a you know kickstart them so to speak. Okay.
2: Okay.
3: Thanks so much for your call, Sam.
2: Thank you, Sam. Pleasure to have you on the show. And we have to take a little bit of a commercial break here and uh, get ready to talk to Pat, who is calling in about roses. We'll be on to that in just a couple of moments.
1: Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And I'm your sous chef, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you with us here. And I'm referring here to Pat, calling in from, is it Grafton or Coburg? Um,
5: I live in Grafton. You live in? knows where Grafton is. It's right close to Coburg. <laughs> there you go. Okay. No, I just say Coburg. <laughs>
2: okay. I, our producer, David, had very swiftly uh, logged in both spots to, just to make sure we knew what general area you're from. <laughs> Thank you, Pat.
5: Um, roses. Mm-hmm. Um. I have for years been using the styrofoam cones mm-hmm. over my roses. Mm-hmm. I have the mini ones, and this was before I moved to Grafton. I've used them, you know, around. I've, but I've been Grafton for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the effect, especially on the mini roses. Mm-hmm. I do make sure that the soil is up over the the the, the,
0: the lip. knob, for want yeah.
5: of a better word. Mm-hmm. And I have really good success that way doesn't matter if we get snow or if we don't get snow mm-hmm. when I take the the cone off in the spring I have a green plant
3: mm-hmm. good for you
5: and uh, I I remember from a previous show you're not crazy about the styrofoam cones over the roses and I was Trying
3: to remember why that is. Well, uh, Pat, let, just so other people understand what we're talking about, and and Frank's a got a quizzical, quizzical look, yeah. look on his face. <laughs> so what Pat uses, it looks like a beer cooler upside down. Oh yes, it's okay. like a styrofoam, mm-hmm. yeah, like a like a yeah. cooler, but it's flipped upside down over top of the roses once they're dormant, right. and then she puts soil around to hold it in place. And sometimes people will put a big rock on top because right. they're light; they they can yeah, blow, blow away. Yeah. And what that does, of course, is it it helps insulate the plant from extremes, from warm and from cold. And the mini roses are perfect because they fit underneath. Some of the big roses, you really have to cut them down to make those cones fit over top. The one reason I hesitate to recommend them, Pat, is because the trick with those is when we have an early spring and then it starts getting cold again, it's always a trick with with the covers, when to take them off and when to leave them off. And so we'll get really mild weather in February or March. And I know people that have actually sliced the top off of the the, the styrofoam beer cooler, if yeah. you will. And then they just take the top off during the day when we get really mild weather. Then they put the top back on with a rock on top at night when it gets really cold. So there's a lot of kind of fiddling back and forth till we know we're we're reasonably... We don't have to be frost-free, but we do have Mm -hmm. to be past extreme cold in order to really remove the covers. And sometimes if you leave them on too long, uh, you can get all kinds of mildew growing inside and underneath and on the rose plants. So that's the reason I hesitate to recommend them. But there's no question, used properly, they are very, very good. Very dependable. Okay. Okay, just thanks, Pat. you, have to, just have to Thank
5: follow along. Happy New Year.
3: And you, too. They were actually, those little beer coolers or, or you know, rose yep. covers were invented in Montreal because, you know, Montreal just has that much colder, and they typically have consistent snow, which holds uh-huh. everything in place. But, yeah, we get the, the crazy freezing rain and all kinds of silly things. So, for Pat, it's working. Good for her. And mini roses are the best.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Okay, Thank excellent. you for that. I say absolutely smashing. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, let's give the phone numbers here one more time before we uh, take our next. To call. 416 That's the Toronto uh, number you should call. And if you live anywhere in the province, it's toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. And I, I don't know the extent of our snowfall, whether it, it goes a great distance beyond the GTA, but boy, Toronto, downtown Toronto, and, and uh, well, certainly up to... Uh, you, lake you I'm in Richmond from, Hill, yeah, so
3: yeah, it, it's snowing pretty steadily yeah. up there, and it's actually it's lake effect. It's all yeah. the way up to Simcoe and Lake Huron. And what I heard was that the wind is going to change, and so it's going to start from the north, and that'll slow down the flurries. Right, yeah. right now it's all coming off Lake Ontario. What there we're getting in Toronto. Yep.
2: Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're heading stay out, stay home. <laughs> yeah. Don't if head you're heading out. out. Don't. Yeah.
3: <laughs> don't. Just stay by the radio. You know, put a log on yeah. the fire. Don't go out because take you know the day what? Off. It's just wherever you're trying to go, it's going to take you ten times longer <laughs> than you expect.
2: And, and uh, <laughs> if you have to go, though, leave lots and lots of extra time. You're going to need it.
3: Are you suggesting I didn't leave enough time well, uh, when oh, I no, came down? no? Heavens,
2: did tit- oh, oh perish the thought. <laughs> Just because it took me an hour and a half to get here. Well, I wonder if it's snowing in uh, Brantford. You're going to find I out here. I bet it is. Uh, Joan, hello, <laughs> and welcome to the show. Oh, thank
6: you. No, it's not snowing oh. here. We've had um, a light dusting in the driveway, but uh, there's, there's not really any snow. Ah, Good for you. Well.
2: well, you could go out then if you if you need to. <laughs> Charlie's don't allow you to go out. Isn't that nice? <laughs> All okay. right. Yeah. I have
6: a question regarding geraniums. Mm-hmm. In the fall, we cut them down, and they're in our basement window, Mm -hmm. and where they were cut down, we have all these new tall shoots coming out. Mm -hmm. Should these shoots be cut down?
3: Well, two options there. One is cut them down and compost them. Option two is cut them and uh, root them, because those will be the geraniums that you put in the garden next year. Oh, I see. If you wish. That's how we usually, like the mother plants, the ones that you brought in, are often so kind of woody and gnarly and old that quite often we don't want to replant those plants into our garden because they're just so out of scale with with the other annual flowers. Uh But there's no question, all those spots where you cut stimulated new growth, which has led to all those new little shoots to, to shoot up like that, and now you can sever those sprouts and just in a glass of water you can root them and uh, once they're rooted set up some little four inch pots with some fresh potting soil get all your little plants lined up along the windowsill in those little pots as they start to grow of course the more sun the better they will be nice size and ready to bloom come you know frost free weather Uh, unless you want to wait a little longer cut these all down and wait for the next set of shoots and then you'll do it with those ones
6: Oh, I see. So when they're cut down at the shoots, you just cut them down like where they've come out from the mother plant? Yep, exactly. Okay, fine. And thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. Thank Thank you you
2: very much, Joan. A question of my own here is I'm, I'm listening to the advice. Um, it, you, you're going to drop them in water, just in a glass, or do you suspend them, or no? <laughs>
3: you're, you're so cute. Drop them in. <laughs> it's like a boiling egg or something, <laughs> yeah. right? No, okay. So what you do is you get like a jar or a glass, okay. and you treat the little shoots, geranium shoots, yeah. like you would, say, cut flowers. Uh, right. You, you're going to yeah. stand them up in a little glass of water so that they're they're. Cut ends are underwater, and if you look at a geranium and many plants, you will see little bumps on the stems. Mm -hmm. In the case of a geranium, you'll actually see little lines um, on the stems, and at each of those lines, there are dormant buds. Now, those buds can turn into stem, or they can turn into root. So by immersing those little bumpy bits of stem under the water, Roots will start to grow into the water, and you can speed up that process by using a rooting hormone, and that's just a little bit of a powder. Uh, it's uh, typically called stem root is the brand name if you're buying it, but it's a IBA is the short form or indole butyric acid is the proper name of a powder that we just put the little cut end get a little bit of that powder on, and then into the water, and the little roots will start to grow. It's amazing.
2: <coughs> Pardon me. Tickle That's in okay. throat, Tickle. starting Tickle. again. you want me to scratch that no. for no. you? Oh, <laughs> perish the thought, sis. <laughs> uh, no, we're, I see we're getting calls, and we'll be to our uh, listeners in just a moment here. And uh, there, it's, I think I've got it under control. It's a horrible feeling I when know. you're an announcer and you're sitting behind a mic. And the only thing you can think about is please don't let this itchy throat continue, because I won't be able to. Yeah. No, it's no. true. Okay, I, I think I'm You're, all better. You'll be fine. Yes, and I know. Uh, let's see, we've got. Um, is it Jean in from Burlington? Okay, Jean. Good day. How are you?
6: I'm fine, thank you. How
2: are you? Well, I, I'm, you know, a little bit of cold, but other than that, I'm fine.
6: Oh, that's good. <laughs> morning, Jean. Good morning, Charlie. I have a problem. Mm-hmm. What? I had a beautiful Luna hibiscus on the deck in the summertime and it bloomed beautifully.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And
6: then in the fall, I weaned it into the house. I put it out in the daytime, brought it in at night. But then when I brought it in permanently, it lost all its leaves. And then all of a sudden, okay, lovely green shoots started appearing. Now I have it at the window. But now all those green shoots that started to appear have all gone wimpy and falling off now. What Mm. is my problem?
3: Okay, Mm. a luna hibiscus is, um, they have the, it's a big, huge flower, right? uh uh-huh, yeah. I'm just trying to be absolutely correct on this. I believe that a luna hibiscus is a form of a perennial hibiscus, but it's a herbaceous perennial. And what it needs to do is to be dormant right now, and that's why it's, it's all confused. It's not sure what to do, given the conditions. Mm-hmm. As I recall, like, I, I will double-check this, and if I'm wrong, then I will um, correct it as either throughout this show or next week. But just like, say, a hosta, for example, in our garden, it grows up in the spring, and we enjoy it all summer, and in the fall, when the frost starts to hit, the leaves get all tattered and brown and yellow, and the mm-hmm. plant looks like it's dying and looks like it's dead as it completely disappears from view, but it's the root that stays alive underground. And that's what we call a herbaceous plant. A, a, a herbaceous perennial is one that l- appears to be dead all winter, but is actually alive underground and shoots up from below ground in the spring. Mm -hmm. A Luna hibiscus is that exact same kind of plant. So what it really wants to do and what it was, I guess, attempting to do was to go dormant with the cool weather coming in the fall and the shorter days, all that triggers the slowdown for the plant. Mm -hmm. Bringing it into the heat perhaps got it all a little confused. So what do you do now is probably the best question because you can't exactly (laughs) just take it outside now. It's a little too extreme. Do you have a cool, like a cool cellar or a root cellar, uh, a dark spot that's cool in your house?
6: Well, yes, I could. Yes, I could put it in a closet down in the basement.
3: Because that would be my impulse. Uh My my impulse would be to let it go dormant. You you won't be able to, um, yeah, give it like the you can't like I say can't go straight outside because that would be too shocking to the plant. Yeah. But to try and encourage it to keep blooming, I think you'll find is unlikely to work. I think you're going to have to allow it to go dormant, even if it's just for the next six weeks or so, and then bring it out. Of course, the longer days, the warmth, everything else, it will start to grow. You'll get it outside. Can you put it in the ground this, this coming season, or is it, are you in a, an apartment?
6: No, I can put it in the ground. I'm in a house.
3: Mm. So and you just loved it being on the balcony that or like or sorry on the deck. You wanted it close enough because it was such a beautiful plant.
6: Yes, exactly.
3: Yeah. The trick would be to try and once you've finished enjoying it at the end of the summer, would be to bury that pot in the ground. Mm. Just let, just leave it outside all winter, but put the pot underground. If you have a spot, an open spot of garden where perhaps you have tomatoes or something, just once they're done in the frost, d- dig a hole big enough you can just drop the pot in there. I mark the spot with a couple of stakes because you can never find these things in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then in the spring, of course, dig the whole thing up, wash the pot off, put it back out on the, on the deck, and it will start to grow again. But for yeah. this year, I would just give it some dark and some cool if you can.
6: So I can put it down in the basement, and in the closet. Say what, four to six weeks? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, June. Happy New Year to you
3: too.
2: And Frank. thank you, you too. All right. Have a great day, and thank you for being with us here at Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty. And uh, let's see, we have Jerry online. Good day, Jerry. How are you?
7: Brian Frank. Uh, mushing through the snow. <laughs> Five dogs they had of me pulling. Oh me. no, chidden. Good for you.
3: I know <laughs> right. my dogs came in very handy today.
7: <laughs> and yeah, my the question they have uh, is that we bought a Christmas tree for the holidays. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing traditional putting it in the house, mm-hmm. we have a couple. Of, we're on a farm. We have a couple of huge cauldrons. Mm-hmm. So we put earth in there, and then we planted the tree in the earth in the cauldron and watered it.
5: Mm-hmm. Now the
7: tree is still beautifully green. Mm-hmm. And what I'd like to know is if I plant the thing in, in the leave it in the cauldron until spring, will that tree take root or is it uh, totally finished because it was pre-cut when I bought it from a a tree place?
3: It will not take root because that, unlike the geraniums we were talking about earlier where you can take a cutting and Mm. cause roots to grow, in the case of an evergreen tree, you'll never get roots to grow off the stem. The the woody stem will not, um, is not, vibrant enough or full of life enough to uh, to get roots to grow. So what'll happen is because it's outside, it's cool it, it is outside, right? Yeah, yeah you you left. Yeah, so it's going to look great all all through the winter. It's only when we start getting into warm weather that it will what we call shatter. All the needles will fall off in the spring. It'll turn yellow and the needles will fall off once it gets all thawed. But in the meantime, it looks great. You know, that's perfect. Good great idea. And I wish Back we could Reroot
7: them. Wait till the spring and the ground pods out to try and take a pickaxe to dig
3: it out. Dig it out, yeah, don't bother. You know, it's a nice use for trees when you have them outside like that. And I sometimes do this with my tree when I take it outside, if there's a big enough snowdrift to stick it into. Um, tr- be, Treat it as a bit of a bird feeder. Get a couple of pine cones, roll them in some peanut butter, just hang them up in the tree. Uh, you know, just do some things. Birds love the shelter of evergreens. Now, you say you're out in the country, so maybe you don't need to think about that. But I'm a little more urban, and I, the, the birds always love a nice little spot. To, what a
2: great idea! To, yeah, to pine cone hunk. rolled in peanut butter. The thing but
7: I, I mentioned to Frank is that, <laughs> and I'm finding this, I'm pulling on a little utility train where I've got to go to Oakville, the Scarborough, then to Oakville, and back up to Cowden. The uh, city where they're plowing the roads and everything, um, when the lights are changing green, uh, once they take the top layer of snow off, it becomes like a skating rink. Yeah. And people are not thinking and they're coming up to a stoplight, okay. stopping like they normally do. It don't work that way. Yeah, yeah. Going yeah. to a slide. So they've got to start stopping further back when they see a light change. They've got to watch the lights very carefully.
2: They're,
3: Absolutely. Very good point. Thank you. Or they're going to find themselves in serious problems. Uh, there was a lot of people slipping and sliding when I came yeah, down here.
2: Yeah. I was coming. at my, uh, Donuts everywhere. South on Mount Pleasant, and somebody, idiot, was mm. ahead of me. Just, and, you know, you're exactly right, though, with that, Jerry. Oh, Jerry, yeah.
3: Okay. And, uh, both of you, Happy New Year. Thank and, uh, you. Let's speak to you
2: later, Frank. Okay, you betcha. Thanks for your, your call, Jerry. Thank you very much.
3: No, Jerry's point is a really good oh, one. If you mayhem. are out there, don't think those roads, yeah. they have hardly been plowed. There's not a bit of salt out there. This snowfall was a bit unexpected. Nobody yeah. thought it was going to snow this much. The roads are a mess, yeah. and there's bad accidents.
2: Leave extra time or best idea, yeah, stay don't, home. Don't Just go out don't if you don't need for to. for the next little while anyway, for
3: sure. I was surprised how many people were out there this morning. Yeah. Like, where were they all going? <laughs>
2: like, trying to get to the garden show. I was trying <laughs> to get to the garden show.
3: <laughs> Why were they all in my way?
2: <laughs> Here are the phone numbers once again for Charlie Dobbin, The Garden Show at AM 740 416- 360 0740. That's for Toronto area listeners. And anywhere else in the province, it's toll free. 1-866-740- And we'll be back in just a moment.
1: Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations, and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Franklin
1: Proctor.
3: Franklin,
2: David Proctor. There
3: yes. There you go. All very right. formal.
2: Uh, isn't that very formal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, you, you're, uh, Sierra Sil. Sierra
3: Sil. I am a new convert.
2: There, you took your own advice. I, That's <laughs> wonderful.
3: I did. I took my own advice. I'll tell you, I. Uh, like I think I mentioned, I've been trying to get out and walk a bit more and be yep. a little more active. I went for a walk, and I was feeling good, so I turned it into a jog, and that all felt good until I got home <laughs> and said, It didn't feel so good. It didn't feel good at <laughs> all. It was like there I was a week later. My knee was like, it was, I felt like I should be in a cast or something. Like, what <laughs> happened there? Anyway, I started taking some Sierra Cell and I am proud to say that I'm on day four and you know, pain-free at this point and looking forward to more pain-freeness. So that's Isn't what it's that all about. Good. Sierra Sil is a mineral supplement that helps you be more active. If and it
2: actually comes from the Sierra Mountains.
3: That's right. So if you have any parts of your body, any joints mm-hmm. that are stiff and sore, whether it's knees or hands or elbows or anything, you want to be out there, you want to be active, you don't want to be in pain, Sierra Sil works for most people. If it doesn't work for you, there is a money back guarantee. So that's a 14 day expectation that you mm-hmm. will see m- see and feel a difference. Uh, that's where the phone number comes from. So if you want more information about Sierra give them a call one eight seven seven joint fourteen, which refers to the 14 day money back guarantee, or check them out on the web Sierra s i e r r a s i l dot c a
2: there you go. And uh, they're very nice folks. They'll treat you right. Oh, they're right. Uh, it's yeah.
3: based in Vancouver. Yeah. So, um,
2: yeah, they're wonderful. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. You're all limbered up for the next part of our show, well, are I you? am, and that's <laughs> okay. why I was able to whip those dogs and get here, <laughs> as I did. 944 here <laughs> on this January 8th, Elvis's birthday. Mm-hmm.
3: And the station's birthday. And,
2: well, of course. Uh, and 740's Thank you. birthday. Our 10th. Happy uh, birthday. Norm, out in Georgetown. You got a problem with an amaryllis? Is that right?
8: Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, We got one for Christmas, and it bloomed very nicely. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the uh, blooms have drooped, and they've closed up like they're kaput.
3: Well, they don't last forever, those blooms.
8: Uh, No, but they should last for at least a week or so, shouldn't they? Yeah, they
3: should. What happened? They only last like a day or two?
8: Well, a little better than a day or two, but I thought uh, they... Uh, gave up the ghost pretty quickly, and I just wondered whether there was a problem with them or not. Haven't done much with them earlier, so.
3: Okay, well, when when blooms uh, go, um, I was going to say, pass very, very quickly, there's usually two reasons. One is that we've overwatered, which is always a possibility with bulb plants. You have to Mm -hmm. be very careful that you don't Mm overwater. Number two is heat. The warmer the temperature, the shorter-lived the flowers are. So keeping any of your flowering plants cool will prolong the blooming.
8: Okay, in a relatively warm room. Yeah, then. and it can okay. be tricky
3: because we tend to want to have our flowering plants in a sunny spot yeah. which tends to be, you know, near a window yep. which is quite warm usually. Mm-hmm. So that is the trick and and that that's usually why they they move along faster than we want them to. So you can do what my grandmother used to do, which is whenever anybody gave her a flowering plant, she kept it out on her back porch, and she only brought it in when when company when came. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool. And she prolonged all her flowering plants for weeks by doing that, but they were all out in the back porch where nobody was seeing them unless company came. Oh yeah. yeah.
8: Okay, the flowers are finished now. Mm-hmm. Pretty well finished. They look really dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the uh, advice for the bulb from here on in?
3: Well, with your sharp little scissors, cut off those flowers, Mm -hmm. leave the stem. um, You can leave the stem up, you know, four or five inches tall, but it is green. So you want to maintain the green growth on the plant Mm -hmm. and allow it to uh, stay in the sunny spot, photosynthesize, and it will fatten the bulb back up again. That All that green growth is going to absorb yep. sunshine um, prepare the bulb for the next growing season. Now, your tr- your, your, usually what we do is we'll keep them in the house as a houseplant throughout the, the spring, take them outside in the summer, mm-hmm. put them in a shady or semi-shady spot outside, let them grow in their pot outside. And then late summer, we want to force them into dormancy. We want them to go to sleep and have a have a downtime that's eight to ten weeks long, no shorter than eight weeks. So okay. that's where you need that cool root cellar or that dark basement yep. or someplace. Okay. But
8: and so, but you leave them in the pot all the time. Yep. You don't take them out. Never like
3: have yet. to take them out of the pot. Not at all. And uh, and the main thing is just when you do force that dormant period to take place, we. we We force dormancy by stopping all watering and by withholding light.
1: Okay. And then the plant just
3: just shuts right down and leaves all turn yellow. We cut those all off. Ten weeks later, we pull it out, and we should be back in business with a flower starting to emerge a few days later.
8: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very
3: welcome. Thanks for your call.
2: I know. Hey, interesting questions coming in from our listeners, and if you're uh, just tuning in, this is the... Charlie Dobbin Garden Show.
3: With my sous-chef,
2: Franklin Procker, yeah. Proctor. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're, you're welcome. Changed your name. Yes. <laughs>
3: well, you used to call That's me and right. I'm getting yeah. back at you.
2: <laughs> I did, too, at one point.
3: I know. Uh, I w- you were thinking I was, like, boot cleaner or something. Uh, <laughs> where are we going? I don't know.
2: I uh, know. Uh, I was heading to the phone numbers, actually. 416 360 for Toronto listeners and one 866 744 or uh, anyone else in the province. That's toll-free, that line. And Pauline is online with us from Brampton. Uh, what's it like in Brampton this morning, Pauline? Um,
9: well, there's lots of snow. We had quite a, a heavy fall over the night time, and it's just coming down now quite uh, light.
3: Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. well, late.
2: easing up a little bit, maybe.
9: Yeah, but we've had a lot over the night. Hmm. Um, I love your show. And, um, Charlie, I, I received an orchid for Christmas, mm-hmm. well, no, not Christmas. Later on, and um, I haven't got a clue how to look after <laughs> it. I've never had an orchid before. I've seen mm-hmm. them everywhere, and they are beautiful. and And I'm concerned about whether uh, how how do I water it? There's like it, it's it's in a plastic container, and there's all kind of well, I, I guess you'd call them roots, but I. They look like tendrils mm-hmm, to me, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of on the top, mm-hmm. and they look as if they're withering.
3: Mm, not good.
9: And um, those I, are, I, are they supposed to stick on the top? Yeah. Oh, like yeah.
3: That? And those are roots, and they are supposed to be above ground like that. Oh. Uh, but they shouldn't be withering. So. Well, okay. So here's here's a couple of suggestions. One is, get yourself a clay pot. You know, a terracotta yeah, clay pot. Yeah. It could be the same size or slightly bigger than the pot the orchid is currently in. Right. I assume that the kind of orchid you were given, because the one that's most commonly given as a gift is what's called a moth orchid or a phalaenopsis. Yes,
9: yeah, it was a phalaenopsis. Yeah,
3: yeah. And, and they're lovely. They're bright, bright colors. Sometimes they're white, but more often they're kind of a fuchsia color. They do love a high humidity. And that's probably why you're seeing that wrinkling in the roots. Oh. Um, now, our homes tend to be quite low in humidity at this time of year because of forced air, heat, etc., and cool temperatures. So you make sure you, if you don't own a spritzer, get one. And what you're going to do is you're going to spritz that plant, the leaves, that surface rooting, all of that uh, twice a day, three times a day. And that's going to make a huge difference to the happiness of that plant.
9: Okay, now, a spritzer
3: is... Like a little mister. All
9: right, and I can get those at the garden shop.
3: Mm-hmm, exactly. Any garden shop will have, um, that's right, even like a home center will have. So that you need one of those because th- you're going to use that to raise the humidity around that plant and right. keep the humidity higher. While you're out shopping for that spritzer, pick up a little terracotta or a clay pot. Right. At the same time, pick up a bag of orchid bark. Because orchids do not grow in soil. Okay. They, they actually, just like you're seeing those roots on the surface, it's because orchids, most orchids are not um, do not grow in soil. They grow on top of things, usually oh, okay. on the branches of trees. So, so
9: when I repot it mm-hmm. then, I can just leave all those little roots. roots on the top.
3: Absolutely. And you will use bark below. Right. Uh, so sometimes depending on where that orchid came from it will be in bark now yeah. I've seen them sometimes where they're done with um, styrofoam chips or done with rock wool uh, so different kinds of mediums just to kind of hold the plant up but the the bark is preferred so if yeah. you can get a hold of some orchid bark it'll be a mixture of fir bark and other barks uh, that's what will go in first the orchid will go on top you'll firm it down very gently it should be in a bright spot in your house it doesn't have to be in a southern window but it does need to be in a bright bright sunny you know bright indirect spot even works you know 10 feet away from a southern window or right in a northern window is perfect
9: okay the other question is when i spray them Mm -hmm. twice a day is it tepid water yes
3: uh, room temperature
9: room temperature
3: water. make sure you keep water in that little spritzer at all times just leave it nearby you don't have to put it away anywhere and just keep spritzing from that uh you know until it's empty and then refill but absolutely, yes. And that is going to be your best way to keep the humidity high. And that will actually be enough. That'll be sufficient moisture on the plant um, once a week. If you want to do this the way, my mom does it. I think once a week she does a quarter of a cup of very, very um, dilute fertilized water on the plant as well. But tiny bit, you know, we're talking like an eighth of a cup. Like It's, it's a, you know, almost a tablespoon of water on the roots with a very dilute fertilizer.
9: So I have to get a special fertilizer do I? Fall? If you're
3: going to use fertilizer make sure it is orchid fertilizer. So absolutely yeah. put that on your list as well.
9: Oh thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I know it's so beautiful and yeah. I didn't want it to
3: die. Keep it going. Well, l- let us know how that turns out cuz we we'd, we'd love to hear it. they aren't the the flower will finish eventually but you can certainly keep the plant alive and it will reflower. Oh
9: really? Yeah. Oh great. Thank you Good so stuff, much. Good stuff Pauline, thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you very much for calling in, and uh, we'll be along to uh, more callers in just a moment. Uh, You're on a very special day here at AM 740. It's our 10th anniversary. We've got all sorts of wonderful things planned. You have lots of wonderful things planned, Charlie.
3: I just wanted to remind you that minerals are your garden's friend, Mm -hmm. just like we were just saying, you know, fertilizer for your plants. Minerals are your garden's friend, and they're good for you, too. So try Sierrasil. It's a natural mineral formula proven to be effective against aches and stiffness. Makes gardening and other activity or chores a whole lot easier. Call 1-877-JOINT-14 or check out Sierrasil at
1: S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L dot C-A.
2: Sierrasil.
1: Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And uh, little Franklin Proctor here, along with an old buddy <laughs> calling in from Port <laughs> Colburn, I do believe. Jimmy Rivera, hello. Good morning, Jimmy. Welcome back, uh, Charlie, or yeah. welcome back, Cotter.
3: Oh, thank
10: you. But, uh, welcome back, Charlie, and uh, happy New Year to both of you. Yeah,
3: and Merry Christmas.
10: And, uh, okay, um, I just want to say something It's not funny, but uh, I wish you'd ask Moses Zimmer, or go into the weeds and find them. So you can put the garden show on for another hour? <laughs> <laughs> I love this show.
3: Thank you. Like that one.
10: Go into the weeds and find Moses and ask him if it could be another hour. Okay. All uh, well,
3: right. Well, we'll work on that. Thank so you, here's Jimmy. Here's the
10: question. Yep. Uh, I grabbed all these seeds that I got out of plants all year. And I just stuck them in a pot, put mm-hmm. water to them in soil, mm-hmm. put them outside to freeze. Okay. So I talked to farmers up the market, you know, and I mm-hmm. says uh, it's quite, quite possible you can grow your own fruit tree. Mm -hmm. Said no, you gotta graft the branches. Mm -hmm. Well one time I was when I had this garden next door before they put a parking lot in, I looked at this thing, I thought it was weird and I pulled out was a peach pit with a little tree coming
3: out of
2: it. Oh for gosh. No
10: you
3: you can can be done. Of course. Just like you can grow an apple tree from an apple seed, you can grow a lemon tree from a lemon seed. But in the case of the apples and the peaches, will they survive long enough to reach maturity and bear fruit, yeah. not likely. That's the drag. On their yeah. own roots, they're unlikely to survive. But you can certainly germinate them and get them growing as a, as a you know keepsake and as a conversation piece for sure.
10: So it'll work. I mean, you oh, absolutely. The, uh, the nature s- freezes them or dries mm-hmm. them out and then yeah. freezes
3: them, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, in the case of apples and peaches, for sure. I mean, I've had mangoes growing in my composter because we go through so many mangoes at our house. i got mango trees coming up all over you the place. you
10: kidding me, calling me?
3: <laughs> No, in <laughs> Richmond Hill, but they don't survive because they're tropical trees. Oh, right? I see. So they die in the winter, but they look pretty neat. You know, when the pit splits and the, the little oh, yeah. shoot comes out the top, it's... it's
10: well, nature a- is really a mystery, and yeah. yeah. you're the genius at it.
3: I do my best. You know, Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for
10: sharing all your stuff. <laughs>
0: Thank you. <So, laughs> Thank uh, you, Jimmy.
10: Anyway, the very oh, by the way, uh, Frank, yep. I, I talked to Joe Morello, the greatest drummer in the world, and I called him up last week four times. He's got to get a heart pacemaker.
2: Oh, for God's sakes. I'll talk to you later about that, Jimmy. We we've got to run along yeah. here, my friend. Okay. Thank Take you very care.
3: Much, Thanks for the call, Jimmy.
2: Uh, Drummer of Note from Port Colborne. And uh, do we have time here to squeeze one more call? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. Lloyd in Toronto? No. No, I'm sorry we don't.
3: Go Uh, ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, Dave's going to hook us up. with. next? Oh, okay.
2: There we go. Lloyd, hello, and welcome to the show. I don't think it's Lloyd. It's Val. Oh.
6: Good morning, Val. Good morning, Charlie. It's uh, Elvis and I have a birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you, darling. That's not why I'm calling. I'm calling (laughs) to make you jealous because... Two out of three of my poinsettia had beautiful red bracts for Christmas inside.
3: Uh, oh, and these are ones you kept from last year. Yeah. Nice. Put them
6: inside and put them down in the uh, south facing uh, basement window, mm-hmm. and they're very happy. And the two of them had beautiful red bracts for Christmas. So I want to thank you for your lovely program. Oh, good for and you. And all the information.
3: Well, good for you. Sounds like we'll need to get you on as our one of our guests when it comes to how do I keep my poinsettia going. Yes.
2: <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll appoint you corporal of the uh, amaryllis. Uh, no, appoint uh, poinsettias. 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 Yeah.
6: <laughs>
2: well, I, won't, I can't. I got to take the uh, the rank back then. He <laughs> <It doesn't laughs> not got the
3: amaryllis <laughs> you know. in the window too ready.
2: <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for calling.
3: Thanks, Thank you Val. Very much. Good for you.
2: There's a, a Val on the line there, and uh, uh, what? Well, gosh, 9:58. Uh, uh, I think no. we're too tight yep. to
3: try and fit somebody in.
2: Yeah, it's too. T- we're too tight to fit somebody in. <laughs> oh.
3: Timing no is too uh, tight. Uh,
2: yes, of course.
3: Sorry. <laughs> I t- it's been an interesting show, hasn't it?
2: Well, for those of us who showed up on time, yes.
3: Uh, Thank you so much. I want to thank you a hundred times over for for just winging it as well as you did. I called Frank in a panic from the road, and he said, Oh, I'll just take questions and make up answers. That'll be okay. (laughs) And I I, said, No, Frank, you can't do that. I'm on my
2: way. (laughs) And you made it. You made it here just a couple of minutes late. But you did a
3: nice fill there. Thank you. Thanks very much.
2: Actually, what we should do is is really remind folks that Mm -hmm. it's no kidding. Uh, the roads are in just yes, crappy shape. Poor shape. shape. Woo. The, and they
3: weren't ready for it. The snowplows no. were not out. There's no salt. There's no sand. It's slippery as stink. People are spinning donuts everywhere. Yeah. And I'm talking Toronto, but all the way, uh, the whole GTA is a mess.
2: Yeah. So take it easy, folks, if you have to go out and leave lots of extra time to stop. That's the, the real problem. You won't People be able to. Yeah. No. Uh, well, you know, it, you can't drive at the posted speed limit. You no. shouldn't. Not, not by a long shot. No, 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 no.
3: No, so exactly. Take it easy if you're out there, but yeah. try not to go out. Avoid going out if you don't have if
2: to. If I can, just to do a little bit of your time, I just wanted to make sure, sure that the folks understood. Sure, plug your show. Well, <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Starting at 11 o'clock in honor of uh, AM740's 10th anniversary, we're going to have the top 10 hits from 11 to noon of Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, the hits of The Beatles from noon to one, Nat King Cole, Neil Diamond. Frank's still not to follow, and it'll continue with uh, uh, the hits of the British Invasion, Six Tonight. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah, the Beach Boys, Motown <laughs> label, rock and roll artists, and Amazing. it goes on. Yeah, but it's it's just going to be one big, wonderful day. Mm-hmm. And Wonder- we've got a school that talk of to ourselves out of a racetrack.
3: That's right. Well, thank you so much again, Frank, for all your good help. Thank you, Dave. Keep listening for The Car Show. The Crazy Car Guys are here, and we'll see everybody next week.
0: Bye for now. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.